0: Okay, so yeah, so thanks a lot Ramakrishna for coming here and um, thanks a lot Ketan. Yeah, so I think uh, for today's session right, so I'd maybe give a quick introduction on Culture Monkey and then we uh, move on to the session So Culture Monkey is a employee engagement platform where you can uh, send out anonymous surveys through which you listen to your employees You analyze your sophisticated reports, you act on the analyzed reports Therefore, you're Mm -hmm. increasing engagement, and then you sustain uh, by enriching your managers with these data, and then you grow as an organization, right? So, with Culture Monkey, you can you can go through this life cycle of listening, analyzing, acting, sustaining, and growing, and uh, in the end, you repeat that next year, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, with that context set, I just also wanted to give a quick recap on uh, what happened. So, this is a this is a season one of our e-culture episodes right, so okay. this is episode 2, episode 1 was with Dr. Pawan from uh, Vinculum Solutions we had a great session there and uh, I, uh, so to the viewers, now we have RK, so yeah, uh, this is season 2, so over to you, yes, over to you Ketan Alright, thank you, thank you so much uh, and trauma uh, welcome again
1: to the uh, e-culture episodes powered by Culture Monkey and thank you so much for your time uh, before we begin, I uh, will give an introduction about you, but would you like to give a quick context about your, your current organization? Uh, yeah. Uh, you to the yeah, so I think uh, uh, to uh, to put it very succinctly, uh, Home First is an organization which is one of the fastest growing affordable housing uh, finance providers in the country. So uh, that kind of tells you everything that we are, we are in the affordable housing space. Uh, space we finance homes Uh, and uh, we are one of the fastest growing in the country today Uh, and you know I mean just before the whole Covid pandemic hit us we were growing almost at 60% uh, year on year Uh, that's kind of growth that we've shown uh, and uh, and particularly in the uh, segment that we are in with very very minimal uh, Non-performing assets. That's a commendable growth. Uh, it's not something that that you see very often. So uh, kudos to the team that has built it together uh, and and an amazing culture. Uh, very very open space. Uh, very uh, warm and welcoming kind of an organization that the leaders had built it. I mean, I, I joined them a couple of years back, but uh, uh, a lot of the foundation was uh, was kind of built. By the leadership team uh, at home first. And uh, I'm very, very thankful that they gave me the opportunity to join them and, and kind of take this forward and uh, build something uh, truly amazing. And, and now, how many states are you guys in? So we are right now in 12 states, around 30, uh, 30 31 cities, uh, unique cities. Uh, we are on 70 odd branches uh, across these 30 odd cities. Wow, I think I did say wow. this is a very interesting conversation because retail and that too, the NBFCs and the BFSIs uh, would have actually seen a different impact of uh, the COVID and how actually it's going to respond. So uh, glad you're here, Ramas. Coming to the first question, what challenges would CXOs have to deal with post COVID when it comes to the culture with the world going remote? So, so, how do you? What kind of conversations you are seeing in the board and CXO talking about what are the problems, uh, challenges that you think they would have to deal with Yeah, I think uh, one of the first challenges everybody thought about was how do we just take the work remote as in uh, how do you ensure that the system is working, how do you ensure that you are able to access data information how do you connect with each other, uh, a lot of this CXO's time and including uh, people like me in hr we all worked very hard to kind of bring the work or take the work home uh, but i think essentially or one of the challenges once we did that uh, we started looking at it we didn't bother taking the employee also home we took the work but we left the employee at office right, right. i mean there are there are multiple challenges that an employee faces when he's working out of the home he or she's working out of the home uh, so did we anticipate those challenges and did we kind of do something that ensured that we, our focus was not just on technology and 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 connecting the systems, etc., but also connecting the people. People will have diverse needs. Diverse, they come from diverse backgrounds. I mean, not everybody will have a nice table chair to sit at home and work. Uh, everybody will not have the right right sort of connect uh, connectivity, internet connection, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Again, uh, a lot of material things, but just the frame of mind. Imagine somebody with a very young child. Uh, trying to trying to manage all of this uh, without any help that otherwise would have been there. So, did we create opportunities and you know and ways in which uh, we can get these people work? I think that's the challenge that uh, once we just got the work home, uh, all these CxO started facing. I mean, how do you how do you as a as a leader uh, get these sets of very diverse people uh, start working together from the confines of their home? Where you are that person when you come to office. I think uh, one of the things that I realized, and this is just on a hindsight and not not that I knew about it before, uh, that when you come to office, you are a little different person. I mean, you are a professional. Yes. You leave a lot of home out, but when you are working from home, you are I mean, you fully integrated in the home, right? I mean, you are you are not just working from home; you are working for home also. I mean, a lot of work that we are doing today is working for home. So how do you, how do you kind of keep that, uh, diverse set of people? So you say, okay, let's do a zoom call at 11 o'clock. Not everybody can do a zoom call at 11 o'clock at that point in time, because I mean, there are different needs, different challenges. So how do CXOs meet and understand and kind of resolve such issues and start get giving the same level of productivity that is expected out of, out of their people. It has been the biggest challenge that I think we did not uh, anticipate at the beginning. Uh, as I said, we, all of this hit us uh, so, so uh, quickly that we didn't have the time to introspect and start doing all of this. And, and therefore, uh, it cannot could have been a challenge. But I think personally, this was the biggest challenge uh, that that we kind of encountered. How do you get different sets of people, different thought processes uh, together working uh, very, very virtually? Do you see an impact, or do you think this has impacted the cultural thread of the organization? Do uh, you want to throw some light on that dimension also? Uh, you, you spoke yeah. about the administrative and the uh, and a, a large part of operational challenge and actually emotional challenge that people are going through. <clears throat>
0: so, something on the
1: culture that also you want to. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think again, uh, it's a huge part of culture on how do you deal with employees, uh, right? So. When 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 you're faced with a situation like this, which is a complete unknown, uh, you don't know how do you uh, how do you want to respond, and and a lot of uh, kind of decision-making authority went decentralized. Um, managers started taking calls, and people, uh, you know, they said, okay, this fellow is not not in the home city. Uh, he's gone home. Uh, he's gone to his hometown. So I mean, irrespective of where he or she is working. I, I don't really care if it is work from home, right? As long as you're connected. But but the manager st- started seeing things differently. So how do you uh, how do you create a culture which was when you were all together, uh, the kind of camaraderie that you shared, or the kind of uh, uh, way in which you work, where where you would share each other's burden in terms of work. But suddenly, when when you're all in your uh, home. How, are you been? Are you are you able to do that uh, kind of uh, at a similar level with the similar kind of uh, you know uh, cultural tenants that you would have built as an organization? So this was, this was actually a, a real test of the culture of the organization and uh, the way in which you built the organization. Can you sustain it when you're not working from office? When it is not so easy to sustain that? You you are easy to be. You you can say that. Okay, flexible timings in office. For example, right? A simple example for a cultural tenant You you flexible timings in office, so generally people 9:30 they'll turn up at 10. Right. You don't bother, so that's okay. And and some people can turn up at 10:30 also. You don't bother. And some people sit late and do it. So we, we all say okay, we are we are okay, we are flexible. But suddenly when you are all at home, and uh, you know, and you want to have that 9:30 call where will that flexibility go? Are you able to give the same level of flexibility to everybody um, and and that question uh, suddenly hit us and, and they said okay, we, we call ourselves a flexible organization so <laughs> can we have uh, calls where anybody is joining at any point in time, can you do that I and mean, you can't do that right, yes. you, you could have done it when you are in office because you could, yes. you could manage to kind of juggle around and meet up when anybody was in but today, if you have to, if you have to do one con call, it takes a humongous amount of effort uh, to get this, yes. get everybody together. Then you started becoming regimental. You said was 9.30 call 9.30, irrespective of whether mm-hmm. you have to do, uh, you have to do your utensils at that time, or you have to make your breakfast <laughs> at that it doesn't matter to me because 9.30 everybody should be on the car. So where did that whole culture of flexibility go at that point in time? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a case of it nice. itself. I mean, Very nice. honestly, yes. honestly, uh, honestly, and that's, that's something we would be grappling with. And that's the impact that it is. I mean, just one simple example, but, but I, yeah. I guess you, you're getting the drift, uh, like right, today, so that's, that's how the culture is, uh, kind of getting impacted during, during this period. Do you, do you think that, uh, this remote working has. Also brought some positive changes in how CXO right. line managers have been looking at uh, the organization culture. Do so you to see a silver lining here? True, I, I think yeah, definitely a silver lining, and there is. Uh, it definitely is not all doom and gloom. Uh, sorry if I sounded like that a little bit. <laughs> okay. uh, but uh, but there is. I mean, there is one of the things that I I believe, uh, which which kind of finally started happening is the whole manager taking responsibility uh, of people. Uh, you now had the very limited uh, possibilities of uh, upper delegations uh, and uh, you know kind of because everybody was busy doing too many things settling this down so it, it, it kind of fell upon you to, to, to take charge of your set of employees you you were the person who was the be all end all so suddenly my, uh, my employee is not feeling well what do you do you don't say call up HR, I, I need to take a decision then So, the whole urgency of taking decisions, uh, doing things, getting yourself involved, uh, kind of decentralized the whole uh, ability to take calls and move quickly. Uh, It was now no longer the responsibility of the CXOs, but the uh, manager on the the ground started taking a lot more responsibility towards people. And the empathy towards people also went up uh, significantly during this period. I I think... uh, a lot of it, uh, people have started asking, understanding, and and kind of came to a realization about how people live, right? What kind of uh, backgrounds they come from? How do how do they live? Otherwise, you see everybody almost uniformly in the office, right? Everybody is almost the same. I mean, it's barring a very few uh, couple of people with a tie, couple of people with a suit versus a couple of people in a t-shirt. <clears throat> In a T-shirt, you you wouldn't otherwise see major differences between people. But now uh, you started seeing into into the homes of people. Uh, I mean, you you're sitting uh, wherever you're sitting. You, you now have access to get into the lives, the real lives of people. So uh, that's another <clears throat> you know uh, positive uh, that 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 brought about in people that you started taking more empathy. Uh, more empathetic calls than what you would do otherwise right? that I think is, is another silver lining other thing is I think uh, the whole everybody is talking about it as the uh, digital transformation that is happening uh, that's been the biggest uh, beneficial uh, beneficiary of, of this whole uh, pandemic uh, organizations ability to work virtually has grown many I mean that's that's an obvious answer uh, I thought I would give it at the end Sure, I think very interesting all three points. One, you spoke about uh, the engagement has gone back to where it belongs, which is basically the managers, and it is no longer nature responsibility. Extremely powerful. I think I've been hearing that and that's again and again. In fact, we we uh, we at Trento Mojo we do a uh, employee NPS surveys very often and thanks uh, to the tool that culture is better. So when the work from home, for home started after a few days when we shot this uh, uh, survey, are NPS shorter by 3x mm-hmm. and we, we have changed the world we've conquered the world. But the two things actually, when I spoke to a lot of other HR folks, I realized everybody was going through this. Two things happened. One, you, as you rightly said, there was far more involvement by the managers in taking care of the people. I think that what it did is uh, it, it helped people connect better. And yeah. second, globally, people were fighting a larger battle. So small, small issues that my, I don't have a pen at my desk. Was not a botheration. The botheration yeah. was, am I safe? Am I safety? Natural high. So these two combined. But yeah, it, it was very interesting. And and uh, yeah, digital digital transformation. Yes, uh, I, I I love that joke which goes on. What's where? There is a there is a, a, a question saying that who was responsible for your digital transformation? Your CEO, your CTO, or COVID? And everybody said COVID. So yeah. that's exactly yeah. what happened. But great, uh, uh, I think. Now, what do you think this would mean for the HR fraternity? What's what's the how should this fraternity evolve, change, adopt? What what's the new HR going to be with this shift? I think one of the things is uh, that the HR is in the spotlight uh, more than ever. Uh, that's right. that's something that is, that is uh, that's happened. So, uh, with the spotlight comes a lot more responsibility, a lot more. Uh, Ownership, a lot of things that you will have to think uh, a lot longer term than what you would otherwise uh, otherwise be thinking. Uh, so, you were always a reactive, uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it or put the blame on the uh, fraternity itself, uh, but having seen a lot of people doing it, I, I can kind of generalize it 70 80% of the work that we used to do was a lot, uh, how would I put it, a reactionary uh, spur of the movement activity. Uh, okay, we need to transfer certain so people. Uh, so let's do this, and uh, we need to uh, do a performance management system. Okay, so let, let's let's set up the K R A. KRA, so and so and so on and so forth, and rewards and recognition. Again, a lot of it was was uh, part of the moment activity led kind of uh, work that H uh, R teams were doing uh, across the globe. Uh, suddenly, uh, with the spotlight, everything that you do has come come under the scanner. Uh, there's a lot. That uh, is expected out of out of the HR teams now. Uh, the CEOs having a lot more conversations. I mean, I, I, I was telling somebody that I wouldn't have spoken in the, uh, the daily sales huddle and uh, uh, and the daily. Uh, senior management team meetings so much in my entire career that I've done it in the last few months. I, mean, I think I would, I would have, been, uh, if, if ever I was in, in uh, sales meeting, I would, uh, I would generally try and take notes or to understand what's happening. Uh, but today, I think everybody will will have a statement and then start looking at me uh, what is it that they should do next. So I mean that that. The level of having jokes apart, <laughs> a little exaggerated as I said but, but I think' it's, it's the kind of spotlight that, that you' are put under suddenly uh, that uh, and some people have taken uh, to it like fish, fish to water uh, and some of some people have struggled but uh, but what I see is that it's a good thing that has happened. Uh, while, while that is there uh, people in the HR fraternity now have to look after themselves as so also a little more your physical and mental wellness is is going to be a lot, lot uh, important uh, because if you are not uh, up to the mark in terms of physical and mental space, uh, you will not be able to guide the organization through this because as many more people will start looking up to you, um, it's your responsibility to kind of guide them properly. Uh, Your responsibility to kind of uh, take on the mantle and say, uh, this is the direction that we have to we have to take, and uh, and that direction is going to set the path for the future for the organization. I'm not saying that I I own that path. I mean it's it's a teamwork. It's definitely uh, a lot that is going on, and I think the CEO is doing a lot more than any one of us put together. Uh, but uh, but uh, having said that, there is there's been a, uh, a sudden increase. In in the responsibility that uh, that the HR folks were taking before, and that's that's I think uh, in this period, it's therefore a lot more important that uh, we take care of ourselves, take care of the organisations, uh, and uh, and guide them through the right uh, paths. If if I may take it to a next level, saying that, what are the three things that you would uh, share or tell the HR folks? Uh, Of what they should be ready to, what should they embrace in looking at the future? What are those three things? So one is, I I definitely don't know what's going to happen in the future. I mean, there is there's so much uncertainty and unknown that is sitting out there. But whatever I kind of period uh, now that I've seen, a couple of things that I can talk about is uh, just embracing the level of uncertainty is going to be uh, a. Biggest activity that you should should, uh, focus on as as an HR person, Uh, ability to kind of rethink the own policies that you hold very dearly, Uh, whatever you would have uh, created and put together, uh, which you feel you have done the best work, uh, may no longer be relevant, so can you quickly throw that out of the window and then rework some of it? is, is the other piece uh, that the HR folks need to focus on uh, and I think last but not the least it's just uh, uh, taking care uh, being, being there listening and uh, listening with a lot more empathy uh, because every situation is going to be very very different uh, you will not be able to fit in a policy for everybody you will not be able to create something even if you were to create a policy you won't be able to create a policy for all sorts of people, even though they're all in the same department. So, how do you how do you listen? How do you how do you come up with something uh, which uh, which, in a democratic way, uh, in that sense, be applicable to as many people as possible, uh, and as little le- uh, or little heartburn as possible, you're able to navigate through this this hard times. Uh, that would be the the most important activity as well. Uh, that the HF folks will be involved in, and therefore, uh, something that we should be open to. Is e culture the future? Uh, I mean, if you put it that simply, I don't know the answer. Again, <laughs> as I said, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a combination of a lot of factors. Uh, uh, I will, uh, I'll say that culture in itself was never in a physical form, right? I mean, it's, so, if you were to say e as a, e as a means of transport, as a means of uh, transmission across the organization uh, yes, I mean I think there will be a lot more that you will see uh, how how you are able to influence the other person uh, culturally, how you are able to propagate the culture within the organization that used to be done a lot more through physical gatherings uh, water cooler conversations and so on and so forth that will all move virtually I, I, I agree with that point uh, a lot of that is going to happen however uh, honestly, uh, like, uh, uh, like I mean, uh, uh, as an engineer, uh, let me give you an engineering example, like, uh, like a power grid, uh, which with, uh, if you want to transmit long and far, right? Uh, what you do is to create those substations, your grids and, and therefore uh, be able to reach the last mile village uh, uh, with, with the electricity. Uh, Similarly, if you want to get the culture out to every folks, everybody in the the organization, you will have to create those small substations and grids within the organization. Your regional managers, your your function heads, your your culture champions for for that matter, will uh, will have to start acting like those uh, grids and substations to propagate the culture. Uh, If you're able to do that, I think then, your employee value proposition, your culture, etc., will be uh, will be understood in the right way by the by the last mile, and, and I think that will be the future. That definitely, I guess, will be the. that had to be before as well, uh, but we could get away with a lot of other things that we could do uh, to to kind of propagate the culture and and uh, good. Uh, now with the whole e culture piece, I mean, having to do a lot of things virtually this will shoot into prominence i mean you will not be able to be present everywhere you will not be able to uh, do everything yourself you will have to trust a lot more employees uh, you will have to create that culture of trust within the organization and therefore create a lot more people who will be mini ceos in each space uh, from a culture point of view from a from even from a business point of view as well as uh, from a HR and culture point of view, you will have to create those mini CEOs everywhere. And that's, that's, I think the way forward, that that's the future that, uh, that holds us. Uh, hopefully, I, I don't know. I mean, I think these yeah. miracles do happen. I mean, we might generally get a vaccine and everybody will say, okay, enough of this work from home, which is so <laughs> <laughs> <Yes, laughs> I don't right? know what's going to happen. So, but yeah, I'll have a guess and say, okay, this, this looks to be, the way forward right? this looks to be the way things will, will work out uh, that's right. that's how I look at it. thank you thank you so much uh, I'll come thank to you. five rapid questions you would have uh, so your speed to response will dis- help me understand are you still closer to the motor Razor or the Apple <laughs> you know <Okay>. my answers <laughs> so first question if not HR what would you have become a uh, uh,
0: professional cricketer. <laughs> wow! Okay.
1: you <laughs> never could play that because you were playing on the other side of the uh, But yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I remember the passion that you had. Okay. Favorite holiday destination pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, Hyderabad. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Favorite holiday destination post-COVID. Yeah, they home. Okay. <laughs> Post-COVID office. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, the office. Yeah. I mean you to get there also. So. So, this one is super crucial. Very, very listen carefully. Cooking, cleaning, mopping, diaper changing during COVID. Which was easier? Diaper changing. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that was the easiest. Yes. One one thing uh, that you thank COVID for? Yeah, I mean I think. Uh, my cooking skills improved big time wow. <laughs> so thank you covid for that you <laughs> better half to be ranking you for this one <laughs> <laughs> i also ate <laughs> okay. right oh. it's improved <laughs> wow good good, good. glad dad. thank you so much rama
0: it was fun as glad i did this if
1: you have any questions or so yeah <clears throat> Cheryl,
0: no, I think I think RK I think uh, I have thoroughly tremendously enjoyed this session because see for two things number one all your examples were real life you know I, I I could see that you any question any concept there was no conceptual speaking you were just throwing real life examples right
1: I also know uh, know a little less of concepts so uh,
0: so right. I kind of
1: I kind of <laughs> compensated with real life
0: examples <laughs> Not so much concept, which is stronger which is stronger right which is that's where that's where the joy for me is coming as a listener right so uh, so so that shows you are a hyper realist you know it's like hey no nonsense with me only reality right which is very which is which is uh, rare right and the next thing i noticed about your entire speech is this uh, you talked about mental wellness right so you are a very happy person you know it's like i was i was just sitting there and wow this is so jolly Right, there's, there's absolutely zero percent seriousness, which is, I mean, in a positive way, which is uh, uh, was very great to uh, have. Yeah. So sure, so
1: the, sure. First part, central, I think that's the engineer in you and Rama speaking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've seen, I've, I've experienced two kind of engineers. One at work conceptually very strong. <laughs> and the second have done engineering with no idea what they have done. <laughs> right. <laughs> second part. <laughs> yes, I am the second person. So, so yes. I, I I've seen that. So in HR also, there are people who are very strong conceptually. I am not that one. I have <laughs> yes. not. You yes. know, so I'm able to connect with people who are real time on ground business HR. So have you when the rubber hits the road? fun
0: and then you create concept and stories. so yeah i think yes and after after all the movies over you'll be like okay this is the concept all right (laughs) it's like watching the matrix (laughs) yes like okay steven kobe you were talking about this fine we solved it anyway (laughs) we didn't even so excellent excellent so i think this is a great session i think uh uh, for us in uh, though we had a lot of uh uh, jolly points, but there were some serious points that made, which is going to be great value for for our audiences. So mm. yeah, I think uh, well opened and well closed. So uh, I have uh, huge thanks for both of you, uh, and uh, yeah, we, we, we will stay in touch. We will, will get back to you guys, and uh, we can we can we can do more of this right as a oh, part yeah. of culture. The, the reason why we have Culture Club uh, created by Culture Monkey is to have these valuable conversations you know have these talks that's heart to heart and uh, clearly express what's going on so it kind of like allows whoever is watching to uh, get a portal and understand this is how it is and uh, you know and, and, and nurture their lives as well so uh, alright all right, okay so I think uh, great session thanks a lot guys so thank uh, you yes 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 thank you thank, you. thank you Rama have a good thank, you. Bye. Yes. thank bye. you bye thanks, bye. Bye. thanks, bye. thanks a lot